episode 110, When Providers Become Providers of Population Health. Today, I speak with Rich Lapellis from The Heritage Group. American healthcare entrepreneurs and executives you want to know. Talking. Relentlessly seeking value. Some provider organizations, it turns out, know exactly what it takes to take on full risk. The Heritage Group, for one. They've been taking on full risk since the 70s. Today, I speak with Rich Lapellis, the COO over at the Heritage Group, about what they've done, how they do it in general, and how, if your organization is more of a rookie in the population health space, how you can partner up with a pro instead of attempting to go it alone, which is, in fact, an option I was pretty unfamiliar with at the start of our conversation. My name is Stacy Richter, and this podcast is sponsored by Aventria Health Group. Welcome to Relentless Health Value, Rich. Thank you, Stacy. It's nice to be here. Let's talk about the Heritage Group quickly. Word on the street is that the Heritage Group manages care for over a million people in something like four states. Uh, that is correct. Yes, we started in the late 70s and have been managing populations for 37 years, uh, all lines of business, which are uh, seniors through Medicare Advantage and commercial, Medicaid, uh, even point of service, and We've continued to grow. We have managed this population through both staff model groups that we own, 52 medical groups, and IPAs that we own, 11 of those, and IPAs that we manage. So I have about eight questions that are based on what you just said, but wow. So you've been managing risk since the 1970s, as you just said, which is, let's just say, way before it was in fashion. Did you think of the idea yourselves? How did this all come about and why did you pursue this direction? We were asked by Blue Cross at the time. They were having trouble controlling medical costs in a particular rural area. We had a medical group there. So we partnered with them and they paid us full risk, so a percentage of the revenue, and that allowed us to invest in the continuum of care. So it really was based on the needs of the health plan. So you're about a couple of decades ahead of your time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's talk about managing risk for a second. So you said receiving a percentage of the revenue. And and I think this is something that everyone sort of understands. When you say managing full risk, you know, like what does that mean in general? You negotiate with payers and they pay you. The payers start with the population. There's a whole variety of risk that can be taken. That's called the Division of Financial Responsibility, a DOFR. That DOFR then will specify, is the health plan taking hospital risk or are we taking hospital risk? Skilled nursing, emergency room, all of the, the various components of healthcare. And the arrangements that we have with the health plans is to take full risk, which is institutional care as well as physician care throughout our service area, and that's based on the, the needs of the health plan again. And what we find is that because we're taking the full risk, we can invest in the infrastructure to manage the care. And because we're saving directly based on providing the best care in the right location at the right time. 
I guess you'd be incented to ensure that the patient is, especially if you're taking hospital risk, then you have a whole lot of reason to make sure that it doesn't come to that. Correct. Yes. And that's why we've invested in, we own 12 urgent care centers as an example, and we contract with many others. Access is so important for patients so that they feel comfortable getting the care when they need it. We also have relationships with emergency room physicians so that they know they don't need to admit a particular patient because they can trust that our system of care is going to provide the right care either later that day or the following day so that that patient can be treated on an outpatient basis. There are certainly emergencies where patients do need to be admitted, but we have hospitalists then that would see those patients in the emergency room and determine whether they really do need to be admitted. Okay, this is getting good. Let's talk about the essential ingredients to managing risk. And you've mentioned two thus far. One of them is making sure that patients know that they can get care when they need it within your network. And the second is the fact that you have these urgent care centers available. And then the third one that you said, which I'd love to know more about, is that you have relationships with local ER doctors. So, you know, a patient comes in, I don't know, because they ran out of insulin. I'm just making stuff up here. That you have a relationship or, or, or some working collaboration with ER docs so that they know that patients, that if they assess the patient and realize that they're not, it's not really an emergency, there's something else going on, then the patient gets triaged somewhere else. Is that how that works? Yes, that's in terms of the whole continuum of care being available. We do have urgent care centers that are open 24 hours, staffed by emergency room physicians. They have areas for 23-hour holds so that if a patient's dehydrated, they can be rehydrated there. But in, in terms of your overall question, we start with network of primary care physicians that's quite extensive. The primary care physicians then have a hotline that they can call. If they have any patient that's that's very complicated, they can call this 24-hour hotline for assistance where we can get physician to do a home visit, home health care to that patient. It's basically a one-stop shop phone number for the primary care physician so that they're not trying to manage this patient or their patients on their own, but they have this whole continuum of care that's available to them. Would you suspect or suggest that that might be a key to that underpins this whole, like that that's the keystone, the fact that you've got a really strong PCP network and that that PCP network is supported on many levels? Uh, that certainly is a, a key component. Uh, I think that there's there's other components that are are very important as well in, in terms of our risk assessment, doing the health risk appraisals of our patients, knowing they have any gaps in their care. We have proprietary software that we utilize on all of our patients to provide that information to the primary care physicians. So when the a patient comes into their office, they can see where are the gaps of care, what what types of care could be important for this patient now that they've come into the office. So it's not only the presenting problem that the patient comes in for, 
but it's through our analysis, it'll tell the primary care physician what other treatment could be appropriate, whether it be preventive or other types of care. You've been risk stratifying then for way longer than many. In other words, you've got some back-end database that patient data is getting entered into so that you can identify those patients who... I don't know, maybe are pre-diabetic and need preventative care in that moment in time so that their condition doesn't exacerbate or have some chronic conditions. Exactly. Yes, we've been doing this for for decades. And as a part of that, we've invested in, in systems to predict who may be in the hospital in the future uh, based on data. To look up heritage prize, uh, we had put out a $3 million prize to the world to determine if they could predict through a data set of claims for 100,000 people who in that data set would be in the hospital the following year. That resulted in almost 40,000 teams applying their knowledge to determine if they could come up with this algorithm. Uh, we continued to uh, work with these teams, and we ended up taking the, the top 10 teams and giving them another incentive to keep working on it. And so we are trying to improve the model of predictive analytics, and it's, it's something that, that we're, we're sharing with the world. Given that you've been on this quest for quite a number of years, longer than than many, and given that population health and risk stratification, it's such a huge buzzword these days. What mistakes do you feel like people have a tendency who are trying to risk stratify? Like, what do they tend to misunderstand or get? or get fixated by that may, in the big picture, not be super relevant? Or where do they go wrong, do you see? Well, it's it's something that I think needs to be proven over time. So with ours, it really was developed from the ground up to benefit ourselves because we were responsible for managing a population with a lot of physician input and a lot of trial and error to determine really what is correlated to needs for the patients. We look at it more holistically. We don't believe that disease management siloed is, is really all that beneficial for the patients. So we look at the patient as a whole with multiple diseases and manage the patient accordingly, not only for a particular disease like diabetes or CHF. Those are important, but our experience tells us that we really need to look at the overall patient and all of their disease processes that are going on. And what does that look like? If you strip away disease management out of the equation, what's left? Well, there's a combination of, of social issues. Many times I would do home visits with the seniors in particular to make sure that there's no safety issues in the home. We, in doing a home assessment, we're also understanding uh, nutrition and we have probably 40 or 50 pharmacists that work for us full time taking a look at drug interactions. So there's, there's that whole social component of uh, the support system that the patient will have at home and we do have uh, home visitors. Sometimes what a senior needs is somebody to have coffee and, and a croissant with 
And that kind of interaction can be a lot more important uh, and they feel less isolated. Uh, so we, we do take into account uh, the social issues as well. The Heritage Group is obviously a healthcare institution or corporation, or I'm not sure what the what the noun is there. But you are realizing that the social interaction actually is instrumental in producing outcomes. So I'm connecting the dots here and realizing that part of you assuming the full risk intrinsic in that is stepping outside of the typical, what does a healthcare company do, what's healthcare organization do? And you're getting into areas which have previously not been, uh, you know, I'm going to say considered part of the responsibility set or as part of the services provided. Exactly. For example, we have more than 200 events per month where we invite seniors to everything from different hobby days to nutritional cooking, dances, cards. It's basically what the seniors are interested in to help socialize them. And, and they look at this as being part of the heritage family. So it goes beyond healthcare. And as you said, because we take full risk, we can afford to invest in those kinds of programs. You oversee or manage or have partnered with or own, you had said, 52 medical groups over four states. How are you pulling some of these things off, considering that you're very geographically dispersed? Well, we believe that healthcare is local. And so in each of our areas, we hire a physician and a non-physician to be responsible for the management of that business. So, for example, in California... We've divided California into 10 areas, and each of those areas has a physician and a non-physician responsible for the overall operation. Uh, then similarly in, in Arizona and New York and, and Missouri, we believe that because healthcare is local and nobody wants to deal with a national organization in making medical decisions, that's how we've set it up to be effective and also flexible to the needs of, of each of the local areas. And some of these groups you own as a staff model, and then some of them you partner with and they're IPAs. Yeah, primarily our, our model is where we own a staff model, uh, and our largest staff model is 80,000 square feet, uh, large, large building. It uh, was a Mervyn's department store before we converted it to a medical group. But we have these 52 medical groups, and then we, we wrap around an IPA around the medical groups. So the IPAs allow the community doctors to work with us in addition to our employed physicians, and that's worked very well because the, the IPA doctors, the independent doctors, for the most part, they're looking for ways in which they can continue to be independent, not become employees of the hospital system, uh, or in some cases, our employees. So we provide the opportunity for them to continue practice in their own offices, but have the support system that we provide, including the, the 800 number to call about their sick patients and all the resources on the care continuum that are available to them. So that's worked out well for the independent doctors to remain independent and uh, we do that all, again, with local management 
so that they are able to, to talk with somebody locally if they do have issues. And this, this local management includes uh, paying claims locally, as well as, as having local medical directors, uh, provider relations, uh, all of the key elements of, of managing the care. I have to say that I really didn't realize that there was another avenue to achieving value-based care or population health or surviving and or thriving in the changing and emerging marketplace that we have going on right now within healthcare. I always, I, I don't know why I was so myopic, but I thought if someone's going to, a physician group or a provider organization is going to achieve population health aims or better outcomes that they needed to figure out how to do it themselves. So I was very intrigued when I discovered that the organization like the Heritage Group, where you enable provider organizations to achieve these things vis-a-vis a partnership with somebody who's been doing it since the 70s, as opposed to having the provider group needing to figure it out themselves. Uh, we have two recent examples of that. Uh, one is the Signature Medical Group in Missouri. They're the largest medical group, and they did a national search and decided to partner with us. They historically have been a fee-for-service medical group, and they decided that they wanted to be in population management and to take full risk, including institutional risk. And so we've developed a partnership with them, a joint venture, where we jointly own a new company that is contracting with the health plans on a full risk basis. And there's a license between our joint venture and heritage for the proprietary information that we have. That license includes all the know-how of our 35 plus years, as well as the operating systems that have been proven so that uh, they can be in population management much more quickly than they'd be able to do if they were doing it on their own. We also did the similar kind of thing with Trinity Health. Trinity Health is the second largest Catholic hospital system in the United States. They did a national search and decided to partner with Heritage as well. And in that case, again, we started a, a joint venture where we jointly own the company to contract with health plans. They're in 21 states. Uh, we're, we're currently working with them in four states. And we have uh, licensed our technologies to this joint venture also. It sounds like there's three ways to hook up. One of them is if you're an IPA, an independent physician association, you could contract for some services or license for some services to gain access to all of the support resources that Heritage Group makes available and technologies. The other is you can, if you're so inclined, both parties, I mean, you can JV and create a, a third organization together or staff model, Heritage will buy you. Does that kind of cover the spectrum of choices? Yes. We have looked more towards joint ventures and uh, we've done a few acquisitions and I think we'll be doing more joint ventures. We may be providing some liquidity for a, a medical group that, that wants to have a partner. Uh, in the case of Signature Medical Group, we didn't buy part of Signature Medical Group. 
we just started this new joint venture. But that's, a, I guess, a variation on the theme because we could see a situation where a large fee-for-service medical group would like to have a capital infusion. So we could buy part of that group and we could also start a new joint venture to get into low-risk population management. The element uh, that you mentioned where we would contract as a vendor to an IPA, that's something that we have not gone forward with. We have a lot of interest in these types of joint ventures, and so we, we really have not gone into the business of being a vendor to an IPA or other health system. I must have misunderstood. I thought that's how you were working with IPAs. No, with, with the IPAs, we own 11 IPAs, and then there are two or three IPAs where we provide the management services through an MSO. Uh, we capitate the IPA for professional services. We, we manage the IPA, and then we take full risk through the health plans and have a shared risk program with the IPA for hospital services. Got it. If I'm a provider group and I'm thinking to myself, maybe I've made a couple of forays to try to figure out this population health management or value-based care thing, and I realize that it is a big bite to bite off, and I'm, I'm thinking that maybe partnership is the way to go. What should I be thinking about or how do I go about this or what things should I be looking for or what are warning signs? You know, what, what advice can you give to someone who's embarking on this? Well, I think the most important element is to, to make sure that you have enough capital to take downside risk. So if an organization's thinking about doing this on their own, there is risk and, and you may not be profitable immediately in this type of venture, especially if you're doing it on your own. If you have an opportunity to partner with somebody like Heritage that has over 30 years of experience, I think that reduces your risk of, of not being successful. And it also brings a partner that has capital to help take the overall risk. It also can be expensive to set up this whole care continuum within a new market. For the most part, it's a contracted network, but even that takes resources to uh, put together the, the whole primary care network, uh, specialty network, hospital network, uh, case management, all of the elements of a, a care continuum that's, that's needed to be successful. One of the things that I notice is that for example, if we talk about population health management or we talk about patient activation, like pick a buzzword, there are thousands of apps, and I'm, I almost said hundreds, but then I upped it to thousands of platforms and apps and technologies and startups and companies that have been in business for a while that are able to do whatever it is that they're claiming to do to further population health aims. Uh, you know, I've even been in a situation on a number of occasions where I'm trying to pick between seven organizations that attack the same problem and several from a multitude of different angles. And none of these companies have been in business long enough to necessarily be able to produce a 10-year track record of, of outcomes improvement. It interests me with the Heritage Group, how are you, A, 
either absorbing those kind of technologies or evaluating those technologies, and I'm assuming that the Heritage Prize has something to do with this, or B, are you tending to develop things yourself? You know, like you you see the gap and then you guys organizationally have the wherewithal to develop your own technology tools and apps and whatever it is that you feel is needed. We have uh, done another prize for, for medical apps uh, where we've provided an incentive for people to compete in putting together apps that are, are going to be useful for the consumers. Uh, some of this is, is more for information for consumers as opposed to the actual medical management. Uh, for us, the integrated system that we have for medical management has, again, been built from the ground up. Uh, many of these companies take a vertical look at population management. It may be readmission rates. It may be pharmacy, drug interaction. There's these verticals. But what our system does is it goes across all of these, these verticals and integrates into one system, which we find the, the primary care physicians find it very helpful to to do it that way. And as you mentioned, there's lots of new startups that are out there. They may have expertise in, in one area, but it doesn't integrate with the overall population health. That's really the overall objective. It would be more difficult for you to partner with a separate technology firm. What you tend to do is assess your need and develop yourself. No, we, we do get approached all the time, and uh, so we, we do evaluate new components that are out there. What we look to is to see how that can be integrated in our overall system, and that's an important criteria for us. Got it. Okay, I understand. Where can people learn more about the Heritage Group? I think a couple different ways. Certainly, they can call our organization and call me. <laughs> we, we do have a website. And that can be communicated as well. We are uh, active in national and state associations and are happy to to talk with people and and meet with them. All links will be on the website. I thank you so much for being on the program today, Rich. Thank you, Stacey. Enjoyed it. Links to everything discussed on the program today can be found at RelentlessHealthValue.com. If you visit the website, RelentlessHealthValue.com, you will also find a complete listing of all of the shows that we have published thus far with leading entrepreneurs and executives in the healthcare space today. Another cool feature is, you know, you can subscribe to the show so that every week the episode is automatically sent to you so you don't have to remember to go to the website to download it. Thanks so much for listening.